My name's Mimi Bouchard, founder of Superhuman, the transformational app that helps you become your future self so that you can finally start attracting more joy, abundance, health, wealth, and love into your life. And that's also my mission on this podcast. Meet people whose lives have been transformed in big and small ways, but always for the better. They tell me how they did it so that you can too. Here we go. One of the first or the first solo episode life update since the new Mimi 2.0 podcast. How I've missed you guys and uh, can't wait to catch up. Lots to tell you. I am currently sitting in my bedroom right now because the sound quality is better here than my office and I'm sure it probably helps that I have a ton of laundry like I'm talking a hundred pieces at least of clothing sitting in a pile next to me. This helps with the sound acoustics, you see. Um, No, that's not the reason I have laundry all over my bedroom right now. I just got back from a three-week trip and I am yet to put away all of my clothing. My place is a mess right now. And yeah, I've just been working like a crazy person since I got home three days ago. But I thought, you know what? I, I want to procrastinate right now. I don't want to put my clothing away. I want to record a solo episode. So this is the setting at the moment, just to give you a really clear picture of the reality of life sometimes. But gosh, how much has changed since we last caught up. So many great things and so many disappointing awful things. Well, I'm I'm not going to be dramatic, maybe not awful because I will survive. It's more so work things that have just been quite difficult to navigate at the moment. You know, owning a business has been the most incredible, but just challenging thing I've ever done. Since I've really branched out and my business has become a lot bigger than me since it's, you know, become superhuman, its own thing, its own business with staff members, with developers, with legal stuff, with all the big girl stuff that I need to deal with. It's just been a completely different ball game. And I've loved it. I've thrived in it. I've learned so much. I've grown up as a person, especially the past two years. I feel like this has really forced me to step into this new era of myself, the business owner era, and I'm good at it. And I'm I'm really, really enjoying most of it. But there are parts of it that are so difficult. And I'm a very emotional person. I'm highly sensitive and having some of these things happen that I guess involve trusting people that turn out to be different to what you expected with a lot of money involved, especially becomes very emotional. So, you know, I just, I definitely want to share this with you. It's been a really big part of my life the past few weeks. Well, actually the past year, but it's really, I've come to a new conclusion with this problem in the business over the past few weeks. And I've had to come up with a new solution and I've had to just change my mind about it and realize that I need, I need to move on from the scenario and find someone else to take on this project. I'm probably sounding really confusing right now, so I will tell you what's going on, but it's just something I really wish didn't happen because I told everyone in November of last year, 
that there was going to be a new huge app update happen with Superhuman. So you guys know Superhuman is the meditation app that I own. And we launched two years ago. And when we launched, I have bootstrapped the entire business from day one. So when we launched, I really didn't have a ton of money to invest into the app itself. So I figured out a solution and I found a great team overseas that could basically just license me an app with all the content and the design and everything being mine, but the code itself, me not owning. So this was really like the first step to get a custom, well, you know, relatively custom app at this phase of the business. It was really an MVP. I was trying to test the product and I didn't know it was going to be as successful as it's been. And at the end of the day, I know that the content itself on the app, which has just gotten better and better and better over time is the most important part. It's the actual product. But because the business is more than just actual content, I really want the app to have just so many different features, so many more exciting things to it. And most of all, from a business perspective, I need to own the freaking code because we've reached the point now where we can afford to have a custom app. And for the past year, I have been working on a custom app, which I've told you guys about with a new team of developers. They're all California-based, like the best of the best. I literally tried to find the best development team in all of America to use. And I thought I found them. And I gave them hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I messed up because I should have held back a certain amount of money until the project was done. They said that we were going to launch in November. We started working together a year ago, and November was supposed to be the launch date. So I told everyone, me, naive, not having worked in tech very long, I really thought that the date they told me was accurate because the team was great at the beginning. You know, we really loved working with them. The developer on the project, well, this is the other problem. There was one developer on the project. So the developer on the project um, is amazing. We, we talk to him all the time. And the actual quality of the app that they've created is good. But every other aspect of that business and the interaction we've had with them have just is turned out to be quite terrible. I will spare you the details also just because we are still trying to figure out exactly what we want to do. But I just wanted to be honest that this has been one of the most excruciatingly painful things that I've ever had to deal with with this business. And I've learned so much. I've learned that I can't just trust people. And I do, you know, succumb to amazing salesmen sometimes. Like I, I really believe people when they tell me they're going to do something for me. And I get really excited and I'm such an optimist and I see the best in everyone and and I just see the best happening in, in certain partnerships. And honestly, I have really been hardened by this experience and it's taught me so much so I don't regret going through it but long story short it's it's just we've been so delayed with this app and the relationship with this team this agency has really soured and we're now trying to figure out an option to get out of it and to keep that code that was built because obviously it was an insane amount of money and legally speaking, I don't know what we're going to do yet. We might get lawyers involved. I'm not sure. But it's just at, at the moment, it doesn't seem worth it. So we're just trying to figure out a solution because 
I want to get this new app out so badly. But then I also have been thinking to myself, Mimi, you are obsessed with product. Like the product is what I excel in. I'm the visionary of the company. I come up with the ideas. I love, you know, creating and being the the creative force behind the business. We have barely put any effort into marketing and growth for this company. And I've been so lucky that the word of mouth for this meditation app has just been so strong because we've been in consistent growth every month. All of the growth that we've experienced has just been through people talking. And I kept saying to my team over the past year, okay, we're going to go all in on marketing when the new app launches because we just think it's going to be a better user experience, blah, blah, blah. So I've literally been waiting, waiting, waiting to do all of these amazing marketing placements that have come our way to do any of these paid campaigns that we want to do. And I've come to realize so many things about myself as a founder throughout this process, one of them being that sometimes I can be a perfectionist and sometimes that's a really big downfall. Why can't we do both at the same time? The current app as is, is actually pretty awesome. When I tell people that we've been working and spending so much money on this new app for the past year, most people say, why? Like the app itself is great as is. Obviously we need to make certain business decisions so that we can A, you know, fully own that code and B, be able to make iterations and and A-B test the app and just do all these things that are so important when you own a company like this. But the reality is I'm in such a rush (laughs) and that anxiety has just really been overpowering the past, you know, let's say seven months since this delay. I'm oftentimes, I've noticed that one of my downfalls is that I do succumb to the when this happens, then this can happen mentality, the the similar kind of mentality to the I'll be happy when. I don't have that with my life anymore, thankfully, but I do see it pop up in other areas like in my business. Okay, we have all these big plans and all this is going to happen when, when it's perfect. One of the biggest lessons I've learned in business and in my life is that you have to stop freaking waiting and just go do it now and go create all these big plans and take action on all of them now because it's really likely that there's always going to be something to improve. So I've come to that conclusion and I have decided with my team that we're going to best troubleshoot this new, you know, these new findings with this agency we've been working with, how they've turned out to be incredibly different and quite terrible to work with and And the most emotional thing is that they've actually lost us so much money with the delays. Every single month that passed with this delay cost us a huge amount licensing the other app. And it's like we're paying double. So I'm already down six figures on top of the hundreds of thousands I've already paid this team. It's been disastrous. It's been heartbreaking, so emotional because we are such a small business still. And we feel completely taken advantage of by this team. There are so many complexities to it, but it's just they have stopped caring about this project because it wasn't bringing in as much money as they wanted. And they they realized it was more work than they originally thought. And <laughs> it it's all in the contract what they need to do for us. But now they're trying to weevil their way out of it. So... I won't get into those details. I know it's a bit boring, but that's one of the biggest hardships that I've been dealing with right now with the business. 
Again, it is so deeply emotional. And if you own a business or have a project that you've been working on or do anything that you've put money and time and energy into, and then some external third party that you trusted comes in and tries to take advantage of you and, you know, basically take money from you, lose you money without any regard or or care. It is heartbreaking because you also think about humanity and it's like, how could you do that to someone? But you know what? This is this is just what it is. And I'm learning so many lessons and I'm so grateful that the business is so strong and we're, again, like growing every single month. And the team, I've been growing my team. We've been doing super well financially. So we were able to take this burden. But what if we weren't? What if what if the business hadn't been doing this well? Like we would have been totally effed. So a lot of learning lessons. Number one is <laughs> don't hire a development agency that has an incredible marketing and sales team because <laughs> developers are not typically great at marketing and sales and an agency like they're really more about the quality and I just I, I'm I'm looking back and I just see all of the signs now so it's great I've learned a massive lesson and I now have so much perspective but that's been the bad that's been happening so we are trying to figure out what to do now. We might move over or we will move over to another team and maybe bring some people in-house and just take that extra cost to get this app out. Thankfully, the quality that they've built, I think, is quite good. Um, we're getting, we're, we're making sure of that. And uh, we'll just hire new people to build upon it and then launch it as is. But we're doing so many exciting things in the background of the business when it comes to new app developments. Like we have just hired an incredible UX agency to help us with the new word for superhuman and to help us um, do some research on this new app before it goes out because it's almost done. It's really just I don't trust launching it with this new team and letting go of the other team that we've had. It's all kind of complicated. But the moral of the story is that good things are coming from this. Lessons have been learned. And we actually found with this new UX agency, uh, a new word for superhuman or for meditations. We're obviously keeping the company named superhuman. But I'm not sure if, if you know this, but we've been working on coming up with a new word to replace the word meditation within our business. I won't go into it in depth in this episode because I still have so many other updates to go through with you. But we found the word, and with this new app launch later this year, we will be launching the new word along with it. It feels so right. With Superhuman, we've never really been a traditional, med well, we've never been a traditional meditation app. We've never really even been, in my eyes, a meditation app. We're kind of carving out a new space to be this new type of audio, this new category of sound, because these I don't want to say meditations, but th this content you listen to throughout your day in everyday moments with your eyes open, it's different. It's energizing. The intention is so different to traditional meditation. And it's really like functional audio, self-improvement audio. So this is my big vision as the product <laughs> visionary of the company. I want to create a new category of sound. And that's my biggest vision with this. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for you guys to see this this journey uh, and how we kind of do that. There's going to be so much thought put into it. 
and the content will stay the same, so do not worry. And uh, it's just going to be the delivery that might be slightly different. But when you hear the word, you're going to get it immediately. You're going to understand how it makes sense, and it'll be really easy to move over to that word for meditation. There's a really great positive mental model associated to the word, um, which I'm not going to get into because I really don't want to tell you guys yet. I really want it to be this exciting, big reveal. Uh, but I think you're going to love it. So trying to stay positive with all the business stuff, incredibly emotional because of all of the losses that we've incurred from this agency that has turned out to be completely different. I would just recommend if you're listening to not <laughs> go with some of the top rated agencies online without really making sure that those reviews are real. And just ensuring that you have a very, very, very tight scope and contract with any of these third-party companies that you work with. And do not be overly optimistic when meeting someone. Do not succumb to sales tactics. <laughs> All the lessons being learned. So yeah, I haven't had a great time with this team. And I'll give you guys updates as things go. And maybe I will reveal who they are at some point. Um, if it continues to go badly, because I wouldn't want anyone else to go through the same thing as we did. Now, moving on to the non-business related life updates that are actually incredibly exciting. So Ben and I have purchased our first home and we are going to be spending now three to four months a year in London. We used to live in London, if you did not know, and we want to end up spending probably half the year there at some point in the future, especially when we end up having children. And the real estate market in the UK has been pretty great for buying over the past year. And we decided, you know what, it seems like this could be a really great investment as a second home. And we could just purchase it and, and buy an amazing place and renovate the entire thing. Stay there for four months a year. And then when we're not there, either let friends and family go stay there or rent it out on short-term rental websites for a really good price because the place we bought is in an insane area. And it kind of has come full circle for me because the first home I'm buying is at 26 years old in Chelsea, which is one of the most incredible, incredible locations in all of London. And it's one of the most expensive places in all of London. And if you did not know, I was actually on a TV show that was called Made in Chelsea when, seven years ago when I was in my early 20s, late teens. And uh, it was quite an interesting experience because that TV show, it's kind of like a reality show that follows the lives of a friendship group. I was really just a side character, by the way, so I wasn't like a main character, but the show really makes you seem like you come from like all this wealth and like really the gist of the show is like following the friendship group of a certain group of friends uh, in Chelsea, London, made in Chelsea, and it's supposed to be this affluent reality show that follows the lives of these kids. And I found myself on that show to extend my visa in the UK, obviously, and to have a fun new experience when I was that age. But really, I found it because someone I knew said that I could get a visa by going on it quite easily. And the reality was that I obviously was broke at the time. I was in my late teens, early 20s, just moved to London. And 
they paid terribly. (laughs) So it was like $50 a day to film for the show. And when you're filming two, three days a week, that's still not enough to make rent. So I was babysitting at night, doing odd jobs like dog walking during the day to try to just make ends meet. And I remember at a point, you know, having like $10 in my bank account while working on this show that was so prestigious and it was so just fake. <laughs> and they they wanted to make everyone seem like they came from all this money. Some people did have, you know, families that had a lot of money, but a lot of them, most of them really did weren't from super wealthy families. And I was on this show while living like a double life, it felt. And I was obviously too embarrassed at the time. I only really admitted how broke I really was after I started making money because I guess I just was so self-conscious about it. But bringing it back full circle, I was obviously in this place back then where I was struggling and really trying to make a name for myself and make, you know, my, at the time, online magazine be a big hit. And I started to try all these different businesses to make money. And I was on this TV show for a few seasons and it was just such a, different representation of what reality was. And then seven years later, I buy my first home in that same neighborhood, which is an insane milestone and an ode to the hard work and focus and determination that I've put in over the years. And it's just really come full circle. And it's quite heartwarming to see because we we didn't set out to buy in Chelsea, by the way. We started looking at every neighborhood in London that we liked, which there were like four or five of them. And we just so found, it just so happened that we found this one place in Chelsea and it's like in the heart of Chelsea. It's an old Chelsea. It's on one of these gorgeous period home lined roads. And it's just like the most incredible location in the world. And we got an amazing deal on this, on this place as well. And it needs a ton of work and we're so ready to put it in. And it's just, it's already, we've already made money on it and, and we haven't even moved in yet. So we're, we're just super thrilled from an investment perspective and we're excited because it's just such a huge milestone. And especially for me with that whole Chelsea (laughs) background of my life, it just feels like a really fun full circle moment that I wish I could go back in time and tell my 19, 20-year-old self, hey, guess what? In really just a few years, you're going to you know, really create this life for yourself and be able to afford this home. And it's just kind of crazy to think of. So that's a really exciting, exciting, exciting piece of news. And I will be showing you guys the renovation process on my Instagram. So make sure to check it out there. I am going to be designing the whole thing myself and my heart is so excited because this is such a fun creative project uh, to take on. Another positive life update is that we are getting a puppy. We're getting a doggy and we are so excited because, well, I'm mostly excited. Ben's also excited, but he knows that that dogs are just, I just love dogs. He likes dogs. I think he's going to fall in love with her, this dog that we're getting. And he likes dogs enough to be like, yeah, let's get one. But this is something that he definitely knows is more a passion of mine. And she's going to be my little baby. Like I'm the one that's going to be taking her on walks and stuff. We've already established that, which is fine. Um, And I'm so, so happy to do so. Uh, But yeah, we're getting a little baby English Cocker Spaniel in the UK. 
She was born three weeks ago, and she's a little golden girl, and this type of dog I have wanted for years. They really only uh, breed them in the UK, and they just seem like the perfect dog for me. They fit my lifestyle very well. We're going to actually travel with her quite a bit because we do travel, obviously. We want her to be our little travel companion. They typically have incredible temperament. They don't shed too much. They're really just amazing family dogs and so intuitive and just I've I've never met an English Cocker Spaniel that I did not like so I can't wait I've it's been a dream of mine for so long to have a dog like this and this little girl she's her family like her the, her father mother and every generation honestly I think for the past seven or eight generations uh, before her They've been health tested like crazy, so it's very, very unlikely that she'll have any health issues, which is really amazing. I had a family dog growing up, and he passed away when he was 11 years old, which I know is not super young, but he was supposed to live until he was, you know, 17 years old. And that's what we always thought. We thought we had more time with him, and it was the most heartbreaking thing in the world, losing him just so suddenly because of health issues. So I knew it was something really important that I wanted to ensure, you know, when we got this dog that that generations before this dog was born, like the generations before were just very well health tested and do everything in our power to ensure that this dog has an amazing long life. And yeah, we're going to treat her like a little princess. So her name is Olive. And I cannot wait to get her on July 28th. We're going to get her in the UK. We're going to spend the summer there. And uh, she's just such a little doll. And uh, we've been getting update pictures from her mama and the breeder that we're using. And it's just, I'm, I'm so excited. I just can't wait. I just know she's going to change our lives. And I just know that... She will give me another focus because sometimes I get into these zones, especially during the work week where I'm sitting in front of my computer for maybe eight to 10 hours a day and I'm just in the zone. I am stressed. I am dealing with fires. I am not in my best headspace and I'm trying to figure out how I can kind of jolt myself out of that headspace when I'm just in work mode and I maybe need a five-minute mental health break. (laughs) And of course, I can do that without a dog, but I just know that she's going to bring my attention to the present moment a little bit more and she'll come up to me and say, mommy, I need a little walk. Well, maybe she won't say it verbally, but she'll say, I need a walk and I'll be forced to go outside for at least five minutes you know, throughout the day, every hour, hopefully when she's a puppy and it will just kind of give me that moment to reset. And I've always just loved animals. I, they are very healing, especially, you know, your soul dog. If you've ever had one, you know that they're always, you know, there for you and, uh, you just have a certain connection with them intuitively I just know that this is her. Like, I just know that she is my soul dog. So I just can't wait Yeah, so that's a a really fun big update. I can't wait to train her incredibly well. Um, I'm really happy that we're getting her so young because I'm going to be able to train her exactly as we want. We want to make sure that she's incredibly well trained and just such a smart little pup. And then the last, I guess, life update was my travels. So I flew to LA three weeks ago 
to record some pretty big podcasts. And I flew there just for two podcasts specifically. One with Miranda Kerr. I literally went to Miranda Kerr's house to record this podcast with her. It was an insane experience in itself. So I can't wait to tell you all about that. And then the other podcast was with Half-Baked Harvest, who is a food blogger. And we had a really deep conversation that I'm quite excited and, you know, nervous for you guys to listen to. And it was a very deep conversation. We spoke about things that she's never spoken about publicly. And it was a pretty, pretty incredible trip, I will say. So those two episodes were very big and important for me to go record in person. And then after LA, I went to Toronto to visit some family and visit my new staff member that I hired. I hired a new chief of staff in Toronto, and she's been my right hand essentially um, over the past month, and she'll continue to be. So I thought it was so important for us to meet in person since my whole team is remote. I try to travel a lot to see people in real life. I just think that human connection is so important. And we had a great time working that week. I stayed with my grandmother, had some family time. And then for the final leg of that trip, I went to the countryside to go see my parents. My parents moved away to the countryside after my sister and I moved out. Uh, We grew up in Toronto. And uh, they've just been loving life, living just in the countryside. And, uh, you know, they're half retired, but they're, you know, Airbnb out part of their property to, to make some money. And they're artists still, so they do some art things still. But they have pretty much a good amount of free time. So I went to go see them with my sister and it was the first time all four of us were together without boyfriends, without, you know, partners or anything uh, for the first time in in honestly like 10 years. So it was quite special. We played dominoes. We went on walks. My dad and I went on a really long bike ride. It was just wholesome. And I think the the more that I age, (laughs) not that I'm old, but the more that I age, the more I realize what's truly important in our lives. And I just really wanted to book in that extra four days at the end of the trip because, you know, family's everything. And and we often, I especially, you know, went years kind of forgetting that, that was the most important thing to life is just having a healthy and happy family. And then the past six months, I've just been reflecting a lot and kind of going through a lot of my own personal development with what's truly important in life and what I should prioritize and how I should be thinking about certain scenarios. And one of the biggest takeaways from that was needing to spend some more time with family and putting aside our differences sometimes and really just trying to be present and listen and have deep conversations with the ones I love and create memories that I can hold on to. I won't get into it too much. It's not my story to tell, but Ben's dad had a bit of a health scare this year again, won't go into it. He's fine now, but he had a health scare and it just put so much into perspective for me how lucky and grateful I am that my parents are happy and healthy and also acknowledging the reality of life that things could happen at any given moment. Something could go wrong. And I don't even want to talk about it that much now because it's like just a very emotional thing. And death is obviously a very hard thing to conceive, but I never want to regret not spending enough time with my family and my parents. And I kind of just left home when I was 19 and I needed to do that. And they don't hate me for that whatsoever. I needed to leave and I'm not meant to live in my hometown, but 
it just, you think to yourself how much time you spend with your family growing up. And, and then when you leave the house, it's just, it reduces by so much the amount of time you're up, you're going to ever spend with them for the rest of both of your lives. So I want to put a bit more effort in every year. I think I, I want to go to Canada for maybe at least a month every year uh, just to spend time with them one-on-one and quality time with them where you're not on your phone the whole time. You're playing board games or you're talking or you're going on walks or bike rides, like really good family time. So that was a you know recent kind of realization of mine that I really just want to take advantage of how healthy everyone is and just really spend a lot of time with the people I love and tell them that I love them at any given moment because crazy stuff can happen. So, oh, this is the other thing I wanted to tell you. When I was in Toronto, I was obviously there mostly for work, but I decided to go on a walk through my old neighborhood. I grew up in one house my entire life and I hadn't really seen it and I hadn't really walked by it for a really long time. This is the house that I grew up in and it was, it holds so many memories and so much emotion. So I walked by it with my sister. One day I texted her saying, Hey, do you want to go walk by the old house? I, we haven't seen it in ages. So we decided to go walk there together. And immediately when I saw it, it looked so different. Like they've totally renovated it. That area was not that great when I was younger (laughs) and it's really up-leveled since then. Um, which is great for that neighborhood in that area. But it had completely changed. And I was sitting outside of it and even just walking on that same road that I had biked down a thousand times before that I, you know, was just constantly outside in my childhood playing on the street where I probably took some of my first steps and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Walking down that road was so emotional for me. I don't know why I think it was just because when I left when I was 19, I was in this place, this like state of mind where I just like wanted to get out. I didn't even really give it a final goodbye. So I just left and I came back really one of the first times I've been back since I left, which is kind of crazy. Every time I've been in Toronto since, I just don't go by there. And it was just so emotional. And my sister and I were standing outside of this house. And we we looked at each other. We're like, should we go knock on the door? (laughs) It probably looks so different inside. They've really made the house look so nice. Honestly, when I grew up there, it really wasn't that nice. (laughs) And yeah, we knocked on the door and someone answered and this guy answered and he was like, oh, do you want to come around the back? You know, we told him we used to live here for, you know, 20 odd years. And he said, okay, come around the back because my wife is inside nursing our newborn daughter. So I won't let you in the front, but let's, you know, let's go to the backyard. So we went through the backyard and it was still, you know, the gate my dad made by hand and, you know, little parts of it were just so crazy to see. Oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional. And, um, yeah, and then we walk into the backyard and it looked completely different. Like they tore down the old tree house my dad had made for us and, you know, all these things, which is obviously fine. It's their house. But it was the weirdest feeling because I was there talking to this random strange man. He wasn't strange. He was nice. But just this random man with my sister in this backyard that I'm like, this is my house. Like, what are you doing here? It was the weirdest feeling. And 
yeah, he was like, sorry, I'd let you guys in. But like my wife is nursing our daughter. And then I started thinking, oh my gosh, what if they have another girl? And it's like two daughters being raised in this place again. That's so sweet. And I just got so emotional just thinking about, you know, the the way that life is and the the cycle of life, the circle of life and how just all these memories were created in this one place. All I grew up there and thinking of me as a little girl, like, you know, playing in that backyard and discovering all these things and learning. And and then now <laughs> I have two other girls, hopefully. This is what's being made up in my mind. They're going to have another girl and it's going to be two girls, like my sister and I, being brought up in this house in a loving, beautiful family. And um, yeah, it was just really crazy. And then my sister and I walked to the end of the road and there was this ice cream place that we used to go to. And we got ice cream and I got my favorite childhood flavor. Um, I think it was, which one was it? It was like a pralines and cream type of thing. And we sat there and we just ate it and we were just, you know, chatting. It was just a really beautiful moment. So that was my intention for this trip to see family and connect and you know, other than the work stuff that I was doing, just to have moments like that where it's just like bringing me back and not avoiding things, just really savoring them and having beautiful memories and just, you know, I regret leaving so abruptly, I guess. <sighs> On that note, <laughs> I hope this catch up was, um, you know, fun to listen to. I'm really proud of the new podcast. I'm proud of you know, the new team that I have working on the podcast, I feel like the quality is a lot better for you guys. And I really do appreciate everyone that listens and, you know, everyone that leaves a nice review. I was going through the reviews the other day and obviously, you know, our brains just go directly to the negative ones. And we don't even look at the positive ones, which is so stupid. Why do brains do that? And I just got kind of upset. I was like, oh, do people really think that badly of me? Um, and then I looked at the nice ones and I was like, Mimi, look at the nice ones. Everyone's going to have something bad to say, or a lot of people are going to have bad things to say. Just don't focus on that. So I guess that being said, if you like this podcast, I very much so appreciate it. If you could leave a, a review, it actually really does help the show. It helps boost us on the ranks. And with this new big podcast upgrade, I'm very motivated to get amazing guests on the show, like the Miranda Kerrs of the world. And I just can't wait to continue growing this thing. And with this new revived energy in it, I know that it's going to be a success. And yeah, life is kind of crazy. <laughs> so we'll keep these life updates going whenever I have a chunk of news to tell you. Still kind of figuring out a lot with my life. And I guess one thing I did want to say that was kind of something that stood out in some of the negative comments or reviews of the show is some people or a few people have said, oh, she thinks she knows everything. She thinks she's, you know, the teacher of life, not the student of life or something like I have it all figured out. I'm sorry if that ever comes across. I really do not have it all figured out. And I guess sometimes I struggle with like owning a meditation app where I'm supposed to be, you know, this inspiring figure and I'm supposed to be this, you know, perfect thing and just give great advice and never really share the good and bad things, you know, in my life. So just to kind of, you know, hone in on that point for a moment and tell everyone that I 
do have very, very human struggles and I am not perfect whatsoever. I do not think I am. I do not think I know it all, but I do know the things that have helped me in my life and the things that have helped me transform my life. Even though it's not 100% perfect, it's pretty darn great considering where I used to be. And I'm proud of that. And I won't ever, you know, say that that's not the truth. I, I did work incredibly hard to create an amazing life, but there's still so much more to learn. I'm still so different to what I'll end up being in the future. I know that. I'm just kind of learning every day as I can. And my love for personal development is why I started this podcast. It's why I started Superhuman. And Superhuman has the word human in it, even though Superhuman seems unattainable. There's always going to be human in there. And uh, I will always try my best to show that part of me too. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, if you want to leave a review, I'd really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next time. So many great, exciting episodes to come. Bye. Bye.